Welcome to Cancer Docs Talk, a bi-weekly podcast where oncologists discuss the latest cancer news, produced by Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. Our host is Dr. Gilberto Lopes, a recognized leader and director of global oncology at Sylvester, and a renowned medical oncologist specializing in lung cancer. Welcome to our Precision Medicine podcast. My name is Gilberto Lopes, and again, I have Carmen Kaufa, my friend and colleague, as my interviewee today. We're going to be discussing what precision medicine is. We're going to be discussing the caveats associated with it, and we're going to discuss what we're doing at Sylvester Cancer Center related to two of the main precision medicine ongoing trials, which are called TAPER and NCI Match. Carmen, what would you like to would you like to start mentioning what precision medicine is, and then I'll mention a few of the caveats and things that we have to be careful about it. Yeah, so thank you for having me, Gilberto. It's really great, and uh, I think we do have something relatively unique, uh, maybe uh, more than to just uh, South Florida to Florida, and even in the country. I think we really have a very robust precision medicine team. Um, I will start by saying that if we, I, I compare these cancers in stage four that are out of control and have developed a lot of resistance with just big, moving, fastly moving cars that are just coming, you know, to get you, unfortunately. And um, I, I use that comparison with patients and I say, you know, it looks frightening. And if you only knew where the brake was. And you don't need a lot of force and you don't need a lot of destruction. You just need to know where that brake is. And if you can just gently but smartly hit that brake, you perhaps could just pause that from growing and moving and developing into more metastasis. And if you really, if that, if that brake is really the one that is significant for the cellular growth, uh, you potentially could have responses that are complete responses, very durable, and we're starting to see that. We're starting to see that by identifying uh, alter molecular alteration in the cells that we think are responsible for the cellular growth, for division, for um, metastasis, uh, and if we're able to hit some of those targets, we are able to really achieve amazing responses. So patients that are facing or living with cancer, those living with metastatic incurable cancer, they go through their standard treatments and usually cytotoxic or hormonal therapy uh, in breast cancer and others, but basically ends up in using cytotoxic chemotherapies. And as the disease progresses and the body becomes weaker, the chemotherapy tends to be more toxic and the quality of life tends to be impaired. So it comes to a point where the cancer takes over, the chemotherapy doesn't work, the resistance had developed, and we lose the patients to cancer. And I'm a breast cancer oncologist, and um, and I hate breast cancer. Of course I hate breast cancer, and I will do anything to make it go away. So I'm passionate about finding things that don't hurt the patients, but potentially they make them go through another birthday and another seeing their child graduating high school, and we've, we've seen it happening. So when patients live with stage four um, and they go through conventional chemotherapies, now most of us will get either earlier on or sometimes in the course, they're going to start to do next generation sequencing, molecular profiling of the tumors that the patients are experiencing. And it's looking at several genes at the same time, and it's trying to really find alterations that we have medications for or they make sense to really um, go after those mutations. So, Gilberto, how do you see it in, in your world? Indeed, we are seeing precision medicine becoming the standard, and here it's important that we define what it is. 
we can talk about targeted treatments, and that would usually include things we have been doing in breast cancer for decades, like hormone receptor testing Perceptin, to see if patients right. can receive tamoxifen or aromatase inhibitors or other hormonal manipulations. And of course, HER2 for therapy with trastuzumab, pertuzumab, and a number of different options in the breast arena and in other tumors as well. When we do talk about precision medicine and next genomic sequencing, we are trying to discuss these new techniques that are finding targets that have been developed or that have been identified over the last few years. And here it's very important that we make a distinction. There is clinical practice in which precision medicine is becoming the standard in a small number of tumors such as lung cancer in which we do find targets between 40 and 60% of patients. And we also have to be clear that we should not be doing genomic testing for every patient without having a plan of what we should do with those results. So to just do genomic testing um, outside of clinical trials for those diseases for which we do not yet have enough evidence to show that that will help our patients live longer is probably not the best idea. It does bring false hope for some patients, and it, of course, can also bring financial toxicity and side effects for patients receiving drugs that we don't really know if they work or not. And that's why we do want to make it very clear that while precision medicine is probably going to be the way of the future, it does bring a lot of hope for most of our patients today. We need to make sure that we study it in very detailed and in a way that we learn from every single patient for which we use this approach so that we can move the field forward and we can learn for whom these treatments work and for whom they do not. And that's why we're so proud of having the two most important genomic studies ongoing at the Sylvester Cancer Center, including TAPER and NCI Match. And the reason our patients are probably most of them getting the next generation sequencing done is because we do have access to these clinical trials. And in the breast cancer world, um, patients tend to be young and, you know, the survivors tend to go many years with good treatment options and they're able to really, you know, put their foot from one clinical trial to another and really look at the future as promising as it seems and hope that with the next trial, they're gonna really be able to gain another benefit and wait until the next drug gets approved. So, Gilberto. Mm -hmm. In lung cancer, of course, we have shown that EGFR mutations, ALK translocations, ROS1 translocations, RAT and others, patients do benefit when they get targeted treatment for that specific alteration that they have. What is it that we're seeing in breast cancer beyond hormonal manipulation and uh, HER2 targets? What are the exciting targets and what are we yeah. seeing and bringing to the clinic that is making a difference today or at least is being studied in clinical trials today and we hope will make a difference tomorrow? Huh, that's a good question, Gilberto, because I think we're allowing the patients to go on and even if they have the FGFR mutation or if they have the KRAS or if they have the PA3 kinase or if they have the ERP3 um, the PDL1. So those are exciting mutations for us. There are several of them. Uh, the taper has uh, 16 arms based on different mutations. And there are several mutations in each arm. They have 19 drugs. I'm going to talk about how it was designed and all that. But the truth is we really, we think we know, but I think we know very little, even in those mutations who are those that benefit. I can tell you that 
we go with, we hold our breath and we say, let's, let's hope that it's going to work. And I have right now two patients that I'm amazed with their responses on a, just a little sunitinib pill on an FGFR, you know, um, alteration. So it's fascinating. And I don't think we know those, I think it's a sub subtype in every mutation you think you know, because I think it depends on what's upstream and what's downstream. And that cell cycle and everything that goes into that cell growth is so complex. It's, uh, it's probably the biggest computer, you know, machinery you can actually imagine. And and I think we're still learning a lot. I think the way to do it is really through precision medicine clinical trials, and that's why we're really excited that we have two of the biggest ones. Um, and once Gilberto um, wants to talk about Taper, then we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Actually, what is Taper? How has it been developed, and how are we doing with it? So Taper, it's really an initiative that I'm very grateful. ASCO was able to pull together with several drug companies. Um, many physicians out in the community and even at university-based uh, before TAPER was on were just looking at this next-generation sequencing, looking at what makes sense and trying to give the patient off-label drugs, trying to go through a compassionate use and making all the efforts to get something approved for the patient. It took a lot of work and a lot of time, and usually by the time the patient was ready to get a pill, the disease had advanced, the resistance had developed, and it was no longer applicable there. So what ASCO did, um, it pulled together drugs that have an FDA approval for a certain mutation, a certain drug, and is now given to other cancers that have the same mutation where there's no FDA approval for that particular cancer. So if a drug was approved for lung cancer with mutation X, if the breast cancer patient has mutation X, the taper is actually allowing the patient to receive the drug that was approved for lung cancer, hoping that because of that mutation is the same, the result will be the same. And that's the lesson we're trying to learn. And TAPER has opened in several um, places in the country. There are not too many. There is a high, highly sought-after clinical trial because patients are really hopeful that they can get on a trial that can help them. And we're really fortunate to be uh, open here as the only site in Florida. Uh, again, it has 16 arms and uh, 19 drugs. It's open to all solid tumor types. Uh, for patients that have um, received conventional treatment where their physician think that this would be the best next thing to do. Uh, it's not for patients that are going for curative intent treatment. There is al it's also open for a few of the hematological malignancies. So it's a great study open to all comers. Um, it's, uh, we have several patients on a Sylvester since February, since we open, And uh, honestly, um, they're doing well. So that's very encouraging. Yes, it is. And that brings us to NCI MATCH trial, which stands for Molecular Analysis for Therapy Choice. And this is an NIH NCI-funded study that is going on around the country as well. And it is quite similar to TAPER in the sense that patients have genomic testing. And if a mutation is found, patients do get specific therapy for it. Patients who have advanced solid tumors for whom no more standards of care are available or patients who have multiple myeloma or lymphomas may be eligible for a match. And patients are identified by their genomic testing, as I mentioned, with the goal of trying to see if these genomic alterations can be modulated by the treatments that we have and to see if those bring better outcomes for our patients as well. 
There are um, 14 trials, 14 arms that are open. And in these 14 arms, patients can get a number of different um, options for their therapy. So for instance, patients who have met amplification may receive crizotinib. So we also have not just patients with mutations, but patients with certain amplifications can be part of the study as well. Patients who have um, HER2 amplification outside of the breast cancer arena can receive trastuzumab and pertuzumab. Patients with mTOR mutation may receive a drug being developed called TAK228. Patients with rarer mutations such as TSC1 or TSC2 can also receive the same TAK228. Patients with CKIT mutation, which we often see in gastrointestinal stromal tumors but can also happen in different diseases, may receive sunitinib. And patients with NTRK and TRK fusions may receive a newly approved medication, which is called larotractinib. And of course, these are collaborations that are going on around the country and are supported by NCI and is currently being coordinated by the Eastern Cooperative Oncology Group, Acring Cancer Research Group. We are proud of having patients on this trial, and we hope that this will definitely move the field forward and will allow us to identify more therapies that we can choose based on genomic testing. As we mentioned in the beginning, in lung cancer, we have a number of these medications for EGFR, ALK, ROS1 alterations, and we have a number of newer targets that we are cl clinically using today. And these include rare alterations such as RAT translocations, or BRAF mutations, and other rare mutations as NTRAC, as we mentioned as well. So this brings the door to a brave new world that we are truly discovering as we move forward, and that's why it's so important to have these trials open. Carmen? This is great, and uh, we can go on the, the drugs uh, by name and all that. We are also going to have this available, so if anybody is uh, interested, you can find it on clinicaltrial.gov, and you can find the links to us. Uh, it gives all the information about the drugs and uh, the mutations. So with any next-generation sequencing in hands and with your physician looking over, uh, if any patient is eligible, they can definitely find us, and we'll be happy to, to screen even over the phone before coming in. But I want to say that this next-generation sequencing is really not available to all our patients, and um, insurances are, in, in some cases, just not approving it. Um, through our precision medicine and through Dr. John Trent, who's our director of precision medicine and um, associate director of research, um, we were able to secure a grant that is uh, allowing uh, next-generation sequencing on patients that otherwise will, not, will be denied by their insurance. And through that venue, we're able to really, um, you know, close the gap of not having access because your insurance doesn't allow to. And we're very proud to see the patients that were funded to have this next generation sequencing being able to really go on the trial. We have several of them, and we're actually able to watch how they do well. It's just uh, something that we're seeing day to day. Recently, in a move that has been somewhat controversial, Medicare has actually started to cover next-generation sequencing, so we hope that that will also help us close that gap. And in a future podcast, we will definitely bring Dr. John Trent to discuss our efforts in precision medicine in a lot more detail. I do want to end today by mentioning that we do have a precision medicine tumor board, which has helped us discuss patients, find what is actually going on with especially the rare mutations that we find now. And we are able to bring together a wealth of information trying to help clinicians and patients 
decide what to do next when we do find mutations for which we do not necessarily have a clear standard of care yet. Carmen? The precision medicine tumor board is very, very valuable. Uh, I participate and I present my cases. I go over and I help, you know, other physicians making their best decision. Uh, you may find more than one target. You're going to use whatever makes most sense based on the toxicity profile and the mutation that we think is more most targetable. It's available to patients that are not treated as Sylvester. If anybody, if any physician wants to really tap into this resource at Sylvester, you're welcome to. Um, we are not. We don't have to treat the patients here, but we're happy to give you our input through this uh, venue that we have created, and we hope that you're going to find this helpful. And in our next podcast, we're also going to be discussing posters and the studies that we have presented related to Precision Medicine at the ASCO 2018 meeting. Uh, Once more, thank you very much for listening, and we hope to see you and have you with us in our next podcast. Thank you, and have a good day. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Cancer Docs Talk with Dr. Gilberto Lopes, Associate Director of Global Oncology at Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center at the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. We hope you'll join us next time for an update on the latest cancer news.